Welcome to episode 391 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, the only pinball podcast that will send you a fully populated pinball podcast if the one you got before it has a defect. Okay, so on this episode, we're going to talk to Richie Wrench. Um, For those of you who don't know Richie, he's a prevalent member on Pinside. He's a collector, a great guy, a successful businessman, has a a large collection. You'll have to listen to hear how much money he has invested in pinball, Um, but he's probably best known for his love affair with Jersey Jack Pinball's Collector's Editions, and he has hit pause on buying a Willy Wonka Collector's Edition, and you're going to hear why he has come to that decision. Now, before I go on, I need to make a correction because Ian, over uh, when he was interviewed by Zach, he is not from the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. He is from the Poor Man's Pinball Podcast. And I'm sorry, Ian, I get confused. There are so many pinball podcasts now. Poor Man's, Rich Man's, Loser Kid's, Slap Saves, Slam Tilts, Head to Head, Coast to Coast, Stern Insider Pinball Podcast. Ah. Oh. I think I'm the only one that's named after the actual host of the show, Canada's Pinball Podcast. Okay, but that was a great, great, um, you know, chat between Ian and Zach, and I, and I can't underscore enough that we learned a tremendous amount about what is affecting these games. And I will, I will say this too: when when I read Charlie's statement, and the more I thought about it over the next couple of days, the more I couldn't help but feel that these other pinball manufacturers have not moved quickly enough to address the problem and fix it. I mean, it's just that simple. And the company, again, that's always in my line of sight with this topic is Jersey Jack. And that's only because they knew this problem was occurring on Pirates of the Caribbean for so long, and they did nothing to prevent it from happening on Willy Wonka. And when you look, listen to Charlie, they went the extra mile to find the problem, find the solution, implement the solution so that no more games would be affected and they they could you know solve the problem on the games that were experiencing the problems and and i think that's what's going to be required here now here's the big problem is that spooky doesn't sell thousands of games and and they caught it early enough in the tna run to then fix the problem then later editions of tnas have no problems but they you know they only sold i think something like 500 tnas in total and, and if you're a company like Stern or Jersey Jack and you're sending out way more pins that have this problem, I, I, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do. You know, clearly there's a bad batch of games out there and there's bad mix that's going into these clear codes. Now, I think we've beat this topic a lot. We've beat it a lot. And we're not going to be like Zach Manny. Zach, I love you, brother. But after that interview with Ian, Zach also was like, you know what? I don't think people should pause buying new inbox games right now. And, and people are saying, well, Zach's a distributor. So if he says that, isn't that a conflict of interest that he's always going to try to convince you to buy? And of course, Zach is going to convince you to buy. I do think that this is a big enough issue to pause and wait to see what the solves are. I do. I, I, I don't think this is a nitpicking. I don't think this is us being like crybabies and winos. Nobody wants to buy a game with defective clear coat. And I think Ian said it in a probably much more professional way than I have, that this is just incorrect way to make something. Like it's a defect in the mixture of the clear coat. And no one's going to want to own a game that possesses that defect. 
And so, you know, Zach, as much as other people out there are like, just play your pins and have fun. No, I think it's silly to ignore this issue and just keep going in and giving these manufacturers our money. Because when we stop doing that and when we raise our voices enough, we will see these companies improve what they put into the game, right? See, this is the thing that always kills me about pinball, and then we'll get to this interview. What kills me is you have all of the power, buyer. You have all of the power. Like, what happened when people started complaining about Stern's artwork and how bad it was? What happened? They went and got the best artists that we've seen in pinball in the history of pinball, and now their games look spectacular. What happened when people were complaining? Like, guys like Roto Dave were, like, highlighting the fact that Stern cabinets were splitting, right? What happened when they did that? What happened? Look, go open up a new Stern pinball machine right now. They have reinforced Bally Williams style brackets in their games. They have sh stronger wood uh, where those brackets are screwed into. So they are improving that. You know, what happens when you complain that you, you, know, you want better animations in a game? Well, Stern implements an LCD screen. It, the squeaky wheel will get the grease. And that's the thing too. It's like for the longest time I've been saying this, that the final frontier the final frontier, if you guys really want Bally Williams era games again and you want the magic that used to be under the glass and that world under glass, I think people need to start not just buying everything and I think you need to uh, demand more pinball magic on the games and better mechanisms and more interesting layouts and more interesting designs and, and not just buy everything. And if you keep buying everything, if you keep buying every single game, some of these games are so barren. So Some of these games lack so much magic and they lack so much innovation and creativity and yet they're still the same price. You're still going to run in and buy every LE of this, 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 and this. No, no. Don't buy it. Just don't buy it. Demand more. And if everyone just put their wallets back in their pockets, games would get much better because manufacturers would have to go back to the drawing board and figure out how to get your money and how to make these games more special. And you just if you look at everything like, well, every pinball's fun, you're going to get the most mediocre kinds of pinball machines. And I think we've seen a lot of that over the last few years. Okay, so what else is going on in the pinball news? So it wasn't me. It wasn't me that put a big Lebowski up for sale for $45,000. I think it's some dude in Texas. Another guy, the same day, put, or in the next day, put his up for sale for $25,000. Now, these are legitimate for sale prices. Now, the guy selling it for 45 dollars uh, is now looking like a moron because someone undercut him uh, by $20,000. Uh, so we're seeing what we knew would happen. People would go in with Coin Taker and then would flip the games for extreme profits. As I said to you earlier, I am not flipping this game for a profit. So if you have some arrows that you want to stick, stick them in the back of those gentlemen. And they're getting those arrows. I mean, the downvotes are tremendously large on these threads. Nobody wants to see these guys do what they're doing because it is, it is, it is messed up. I mean, you really can't look at yourself in the mirror. I, I'm serious when I say this. I don't mind flipping any other pinball machine. I don't. If you got in early on a Batman LE or you got in early on a Ghostbusters LE, flip the hell out of the thing. You, know, you got online first and you got it and nobody got screwed. But with this game, you cannot, you cannot just ignore the fact that you are selling what someone else paid for and you are selling it for a huge profit when you could do the right thing and give up your spot to an EA, let them buy it from you for $12,500. I'm sure they'd, because here's the thing, if you're selling it for $25,000, you're selling it for even more money 
then it would have cost a burnt EA, an early achiever, to just pay Cointaker $12,500 on top of the $8,500 they already lost. Right, those people are twenty-one thousand dollars in on the game, and now you want to sell it for twenty-five, and you did nothing. I don't care what anyone says. None of these people did anything when they're like, "Well, I had deposits down with Coin Taker." Come on, you you could have had a a word of mouth deposit down, a hundred bucks down. You're just on their list. I mean, they just went down a list of people who said they were in, interested in the game. They got one, uh, and it happened so quickly. Uh, by the by, the time the dust settles. Uh, everyone's realizing, well, the EAs are still screwed again, and 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 you know now the latest I'm hearing the rumor is that uh, yeah Barry has enough to make 50 games, like he's got a bunch of random parts and all this stuff, uh, but uh, I'm hearing that uh, we think 50 more games are going to be made by him, and I'm just like sure when with what money who's going to put them together, and if those 50 games are made, let's just talk hypothetically, they're not going to 50 EAs. They're going to be 50 more games that are sold for $12,500. And it's starting to look really clear that the EAs will most likely never get their games. That these games are just going to be sold to new buyers over and over again because there's no way to make up that lost revenue with, with, with this approach. It's never going to happen. Okay? Because nothing that's made today will cost nothing. There's no free labor. There's no free parts. There's no free warehouses. There's no free factories. You need, you know, Barry needs everything to be free. Now, I'm also hearing like rumblings and rumors that they've found an investor, that they have capital. Well, then say that. Remember when Jersey Jack needed financial investments and he got it and he announced it and it was official? I don't believe anything Dutch Pinball says. I don't believe anything Barry says, and I don't believe any of the rumors, especially when those rumors are always trying to make us become hopefully optimistic again that this thing is going to work out. It's a four to five year boondoggle. It's always going to be one, and I don't think the end of this story is going to be a good one for the EAs. I think it's going to be even more painful because they're going to see their games go to other people. All right. You know, that being said, we saw uh, two awesome guys. I, you know, I, I'm at a loss for who they are just because I, I don't know. I think it's John and someone else. They streamed it last night uh, on uh, on Twitch, the game, over and over. So yeah, I'll say this about the game. It looks awesome. The theme integration in Big Lebowski uh, is really what everyone wanted to see, that kind of theme integration in Willy Wonka. It, it is like exactly what you want. You, you got a movie you love. You got the characters. You got the call outs. You got the clips. You got everything you want. Then you got these mechanical elements in the game that bring those those elements of the film to life. It's the perfect. It, it is like the perfect theme integrated pin. Almost, I could. I, I think you could argue that Big Lebowski might be the greatest theme integrated pin of all time in terms of the full package. It has everything you want. Almost there with the full music license, but it 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 name me a name me a movie pin that has better theme integration than the Big Lebowski, and we'll talk about it on this show. Email me at canadapinball at gmail All right, so here's a weird thing. Here's a weird thing. Tell me if I'm like if I'm seeing things or I'm making stuff up, or if someone who listens to the show is trying to pull my leg. 
But what have we been harping on for the longest time on this show is that Jersey Jack Pinball has completely butchered the Willy Wonka code and has completely butchered how they're using the assets in that game. And every time I still watch streams, I get it, boys. The game is fun. But every time I watch the way the movie clips are utilized in that game, I, 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 I want to go lock myself in the bathroom and stick my head in the toilet. I don't understand it. Now, here's the thing. Someone emailed me or Facebook chat at me and said, hey, look, do you realize in the new code, in code 1.13, the only scene in the movie in which there's synced up audio with the video is the Wonka Vader multiball. And if you go watch clips of that scene, it's true. Like when, when Willie says like, here we go, you know, and they bust to the ceiling, it's synced up. His voice is synced up with his face and it's awesome. It's like, that's all I ever wanted was to see the my favorite scenes from that movie in that game. But here's the crazy part. In the earlier code, and, and someone needs to go verify this for me, in the earlier code, there's about three to four sequences during that Wonka Vader multiball buildup in which we see Willie talking and the voice is synced with his clip, right? And, and I think part of it's like when he's sitting down, he's like, I don't know what's about to happen. And he's, and he's talking to Charlie and his dad. And you actually, it's synced up. There's like three or four clips synced up. In the latest code, go back and watch how Wonkavator Multiball starts and tell me I'm not crazy, but tell me that they didn't remove the first two or three parts of that video synced up with the um, with the with the audio from that Wonkavator Multiball beginning. Like they you you no longer see Willy Wonka sitting in the chair saying, I don't know what's about to happen. You don't see him, but here's the crazy part. You hear that call out still. But it looks like they removed the video that goes with it. And, and, and maybe this is just like the conspiracy theorist in me. But did they purposely do that? Like, did, did, are, they, are they actually removing synced up video with audio from the game? Removing it. When that is the one thing people want to see more of, are they now removing it? And then it begs the question. Did Jersey Jack ever have the license and the licensing agreement to use video from the movie with audio at the same time? I mean, imagine watching the Big Lebowski stream and all those clips from the film are never synced up with the actors. Imagine, imagine how that game would play now or how the experience would be. So all I'm asking is this. And this is where maybe I'm going to do a whole nother pinball podcast about this. But just tell us the truth. Why is it so hard to tell us the truth? You know, why is it so hard if Jersey Jack doesn't have permission to use the assets in that way? Just tell us that. Don't lie to us and say, well, we didn't want to do it that way because it would be repetitive. And that's such BS. And, and that's the thing. I think that's the difference. And that's why like people are looking at Jurassic Park differently because Stern didn't lie to anyone and mislead anyone. They said, hey, it's not based on the movie, so you're not going to see any movie clips. Okay, now I can accept it for what it is and either like it or not like it. But I always feel like Jersey Jack has been spinning this topic. They just need to be transparent about what kind of agreement they have with the game. Otherwise, it's just it's, it's, they did it with Pirates. You know, and, 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 and even then, at the very beginning, they didn't tell us they couldn't. And then it started to leak out the realities of the agreement. But I, I don't think they have permission to use the clips from the movie with the audio from the actors. And, and, and here's why I don't think they, they don't have it. And they should just tell us that. Because if they have the rights to use that stuff and they're not using it, 
it is the most idiotic coding decision in the history of pinball. And I don't think it's idiotic if they don't have the rights. You see what I'm saying? But they've never come out and just told us we don't have permission to use it. And so then I'm allowed then to speculate, okay, then 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 you do have permission because to Eric, Eric Katz said, or no, sorry, Eric Katz, Joe Katz said, uh, we, we have the rights, but we didn't want to use it because it would get repetitive. Well, then that's a lie unless that's true. And if that's true, it's the dumbest move ever, okay? Do you agree or disagree? CanadaPinball at gmail.com. All right, everybody. Let's, um, one final thing. And speaking of lying and telling the truth, um, American Pinball is telling the truth that Houdini is no longer going to be made after, like, I guess they put out a final notice, a final call to action. If you want to get your Houdini, uh, now is your last chance. Well, let me break it to American Pinball. The demand for Houdini has been dried up now for about a year and a year and a half even, at least over a year. I, I do love this, like, special, like, now is your last chance to get something nobody wants right now. Come and get it. And then they also said there's special deals on it. Well, let me tell you, the most special deal on a Houdini is everywhere else because you can go grab a nice home-use-only Houdini for $6,000. Games are not holding value. Games are tanking. I just saw Munster's Premium for like $6,200 with like no plays on it. Holy cow. Think about that for a minute. You can just wait a few months, six months, and get these premiums for the price of pros. Get these LEs for the price of premiums. It's starting to look like buying pinball new in box is a bad business decision unless it's a game you love and a game you want to keep for a while because you are going to take a quick hit now, which you didn't before. Uh, and I think that's good. I think, again, it's going to make people pause and wait. Now, speaking of buying new in box, there's a man, he's about to tell you how much money he has in new in box games. Uh, um, I have to say, the quality is probably not the best. I was talking to Richie. He was on his cell phone. Uh, he didn't have a headset, but it's okay. He, it's his first time doing this. It's always exciting to invite someone who's always very vocal and always very animated on pin side and inviting them on the show. And I think he was a little nervous. I think it was his first time. I think he did great. I think you're going to enjoy it. I think he's one of us. You know, it's like always fun to have one of us who we, we see all the time on pin side join the show and, and provide you some entertainment. And I hope I hope I I hope I did a good job in like walking him through. And I told him it's just going to be a casual, fun pinball chat. And it is. So let's air that now. Ladies and gentlemen, somebody go verify for me that Willy Wonka Wonka Vader if it's different. And and maybe they just like when they did the code update, maybe they I don't know, maybe something happened in that and that's the only thing that happened, but I don't know. I've just I did these little things. You know, it's the little details sometimes, right? I feel like I should have been an investigator. Isn't it always like the little clues that break the case wide open? And I'm just trying to get the truth out of why Wonka is coded the way it is. I yes, I'm an, I am I wanted this game so badly. I need to know where things went wrong. All right, everyone, have a great day, Mr. Richie Wrench. I want to welcome to Canada's Pinball Podcast a man who's very well known for wanting his coin doors powder-coated, Mr. Richie Wrench. Richie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, this is – do you listen to Pinball Podcast? Because I think I, I think you, you – you, have you heard the show before? I've heard of the show. Um, I've I've seen uh, I've heard some of podcasts. You know, and just uh, 
you know, clicking on them, you know, through Pensite or something. But uh, this was my first time actually uh, uh, being on the on broadcast, so I, it's kind of, um, you know, it's different and uh, nervous a little bit. But that's hey, that's that's fun. That's cool. Uh, it'll be so painless. Pain- we'll make it painless. So, I, Richie, I've, I've followed you for a few years on Pinside, not stalking you, but I've always loved your excitement mainly around the collector's editions of Jersey Jack pinball machines. Why do the collector's editions get you so excited? You know, you know, pinball, my first pinball machine was uh, Frankenstein from my dad. And I just got hooked into it. And that was pinball. Um, I've always been a fan of pinball machines and stuff. but And then there was a time, this was, you know, man, wow years ago maybe over 10 years ago 12 years ago and um that was the time when you if you wanted a medieval madness or a monster bash you had to go through certain companies that would refurbish them and then the you know people would get their games you know modded out and um you know like new and you would spend um you know 12 15,000 plus for those games so, and I, I always wanted something that was nice and, you know, over the top and, you know, really cool. So, you know, you got powder coating done and the legs. And at that time, nobody was doing that. I mean, Stern wasn't doing that. I mean, it was just your plain silver legs and the games. And, of course, the games were cheaper back then, too. But, you know, that's just, I just, I just saw, I just, you know, these games, people were doing things, taking things to the shows and modding them out and you could do things. So I thought that was just really cool how they just took pinball and to the next level and just made it nicer or the toys and stuff. And I just, I liked it. So, right. and I knew it was something that was going to be coming down in the industry, you know, that, you know, Stern and the other companies would, you know, pick up on that. So, and they did. So my only thing with the uh, collector's editions or at the time, you know, it wasn't really collector's editions. Then it was, uh, you know, they called them LEs, you know, and the LEs was a, you know, that was a step up. That was the one with the powder coating or the few extra toys on it. You would spend an extra, you know, fifteen hundred, two thousand for. So, um, right. And you've got a. And Richie's. For those of you who don't know, Richie's got a. A. I, I would assume a very successful plumbing business with you know. And you've got a showroom in which you display uh, an amazing array of games. You've got a bunch of Stern LEs. You've got all the Jersey Jack games to date, except for Willy Wonka. We'll talk about that. Um, but you've got a Tron LE, you've got a Metallica, you've got ACDC Back in Black, Ghostbusters. <laughs> so you like the games that are dressed up. And and you're right, right? When people used to get those older games and restore them, they would sort of go an extra mile to make them as beautiful as possible. Richie, when you do you think these games, do you think there's still a ways to go in terms of getting the value in these sort of more expensive games, right? Because now collector's editions are... $12,500. Do you see the value in that over the LE of the Jersey Jack games? Um, I mean, I do see it like, um, well, if you're talking about the $12,500 games and we're talking about Pirates of the Caribbean, we're talking about Dialed In, um, we're talking about the collector's edition. So right. we're, we're talking about Jersey Jack. For, um, for Pirates of the Caribbean, absolutely, I see it. You know, the play field was different. Um they, they did a few things on the game that just, you know, that game, I think, to this day, will still hold its value. Um, they only made uh, 200 of those, if I believe was correct. Yep. You know, so the the addition the was low. Um, Dowd In was the first um, collector's edition. So um, the play field was the same, 
I think they stepped it up from dialed into Pirates of the Caribbean because they totally changed the play field, which really made it that was that made it unique. So they they took a game for someone that was paying the extra money for the collector's edition, those people that wanted to invest in that and pay the extra money and say, hey, this is I, I, I saw the value in that very easily. And I, I think those games hold very well um, on dialed in. Uh, maybe not not as much. Um, they also my, didn't date, not to cut you off, Richie, but they didn't change the cabinet artwork either on Dialed In, right? It was sort of like a first step into this collector's realm. They they changed the the armor on it. It's got some graph, you know. It's got with that like that fireball on it, but the same artwork, right? If you look at it from right. the side, it looks just like the LE. It does. The pirates all new artwork. On both cabinet and playfield, which is cool. It was, it was, it seemed like a, a, a special upgrade. Um, so, let's talk about. I know you like the, the 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 you know the creme de la creme. Let's talk about why they still can't get you the coin door. What do you think? I mean, is it that much more work to get the coin door power decoded? What do you think? No, no. Uh, Jersey Jack or Stern just needs to put me on their payroll. It would happen. Um, I, I think that is a. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. Um, I, I think it can be done. I've, I've, you know, in a funny way, we've talked about this and I've talked to Jack and I've talked with a lot of people, but and I even did a poll on it and it really was 50, 50. And I, I'm still amazed to this day that, you know, if you got someone that's willing to pay out, um, 12,500, when I look at the pirates of the Caribbean, like right now, I'm looking at it right now, staring at my game, my number 12 collector's edition. I cannot, see that coin door being black when everything else on that is powder coated i just can't get my head around it same thing on the dialed in i just cannot i'm looking at the uh you know the metallic purple on this and then and, and look at a black uh door but um some people even take it to the next step on the uh on the uh, coin covers uh the the housing on the coin on where you insert the coins and some people have done like chrome or something on that and they'll take it up even a step up. I've seen those out there done like that. So, um, you know, it's just, it's to me, it's, uh, I, I think it should be powder coated when you're paying that kind of money. That's just my opinion on the coin door. I've always felt that. Um, but at the same time, I think the, uh, I think the leg bolts should also be <laughs> powder coated too. So, but, um, so how, just, and, and Richie, you know, you've, you've powder coated these games. Cause I'm, I'm Richie's actually, He's on Skype right now. You can't see it, but I can see his collection, and he's got the the those games powder coated to the color to match the game. So, Richie, who do you send your coin doors to to get the work done? I actually send mine to uh, Matt with Back Alley. Um, all my powder coating has been done through Matt. I can actually send it here locally, here in town, and I just choose not to because I know that uh, the quality that I get from mad from back alley and stuff like that i'm not gonna have no issues and if i do he takes care of me uh, i love it in this video ladies and gentlemen there's a sea of games with almost all of them if not all of the coin doors have been powder coated so uh they do look phenomenal and and richie i think you're onto something that for the amount of money people are spending uh, it does feel like there are certain details that are still left a little bit unfinished and i, I think it's time that if we're going to pay that premium just just powder coat everything that can be powder coated to match, right? It, it just seems a little bit lazy that they stop at the coin door. 
It, it is being, I mean, it is being lazy that they stop. It's not that much more if you're going to have that done. If it is a cost issue, I mean, for me, it's worth it. If it's an extra, I'm just throwing it out there. If there was an extra three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars to get a game that's finished versus when I get it, okay, I'm going to play it, unbox, I'm going to play it for a little while, and then I got to take it apart and ship it and send it to uh, Matt and you know wait a wait a week or two to get it back, but. You know, if that's what it is for now, that's what we do. But yes, I agree 100. It it needs to, and it can because if you look at pinball over the years, it's it's always stepping up, right. and it does steps up. It steps up whether it be on whether it be hardware, toys, um, technology. You know, the camera that Jersey Jack uses. Um, it's just so there's not a reason not to do it. Right. Um, it can be done. So let's talk about your decision to pause on getting Willy Wonka Collector's Edition number 12. And for for the listener of the show, why number 12 in all these games? And then let's talk about Wonka. Wow, number 12. Um, it's just my, that's, number 12 is just my lucky number. It's okay. It's been my lucky number since I've been a little boy. And, you know, in some of the games, if I can get number 12, great. But uh, for Jersey Jack, I just... Um, you know, I believe in Jersey Jack from the very beginning. So when I was Wizard of Oz, you know, I wasn't able to get the number 12 and, you know, that and I wasn't really too concerned. I was, you know, glad to get one, of, just get one of the games. And it was, uh, I think I got number 900 on that. And then Hobbit, there was, there was a, cho- there was a, there was a, there was somebody that does have it. I got number 10. I was just now looking at it. It was number 10. I was, uh, somebody else had got number 12. He actually sent me a picture of it. And I was like, <laughs> you know, just playing around with me with it and uh but um i could not get it but when they did the collector's edition i made sure i got in on it early and i asked for number 12 and that that guy uh, should just swap he should swap his plaque with you come on whoever that is isn't that (laughs) isn't that the only real difference on the or on the apron just swap those things um yeah so richie let's (laughs) let's talk about willy wonka because uh there's obviously a lot of concern for those people who are pending on a purchase of a, a collector's edition on the playfield issues which seems to be the main thing right now sort of permeating throughout pinside and and the entire hobby right now because people are seeing this issue pop up on pirates of the caribbean which you said you don't have that issue but we're seeing it on willy wonka we're seeing it on jurassic park what has made you pause on buying or committing fully to the willy wonka collector's edition well, I started seeing some things on um, on Pennside, and uh, and when I first saw it, I was like, okay, it was on the Willy Wonka games on the LEs. I was just kind of watching it, and maybe see if there was any kind of leaks that would come across for the uh, for the CE that we're still waiting to see what might be coming down the road here. And I just started seeing uh, or start you know seeing these things that people are showing on their games about these about chipping, and I was like, it's just it can't be because this game just now came out. How can there be some issues? with uh, chipping on the boards and stuff. So I wanted to step back and then um, look into it more. So I looked at some other um, posts and one person directed me to go to the Pirates of the Caribbean one, which actually was started uh, months ago, I guess, and had over well over 2000 posts on it. But I guess that's something that was going on with that. And I didn't know anything about going on with Pirates of the Caribbean. So I started looking into that one. I was really, 
shocked and amazed that people were having problems with the Pirates of the Caribbean play field. So, you know, of course, I went and looked at mine um, when I could and um, no issues, no issues with uh, chipping or pulling or anything on the play field. But at the same time, um, I had some friends and people show me pictures and I was like, okay, these are people I know. And at the time I was like, okay, you should be able to get a play field. And I asked the question, you know, what's a populated play field? I didn't know. I thought it'd be just something simple just to get a play field and be able to switch it out, which I don't work on my games. I like, I'm very lucky. I have somebody in the area that can work on the, putting on my mods and stuff like that. And he's an older gentleman, but he's great at doing that stuff. But he, he, he did talk to me. He says, yeah, that's a very big deal to take a play field, even for him to switch it out. And, you know, he, he said it would be well over a thousand dollars to do something like that. And I was like, wow, you know, and, um, and so the solution is to, you know, buy a play field at a discounted price, which I felt that it, it should be at no cost to the uh, customer, especially on people that are paying. See, for me, it's, it doesn't matter if it's, if you're paying $5,000 for a game, or if you're paying, you know, on these LEs, 9,500. And of course on the collector's edition, you're paying 12,500. You know, you've got problems with a, uh, with a board that's chipping, you know, why are these people even paying 550, you know, for a play field? So right. I, I just, I had a problem with that. So, um, I made my own decision and got in touch with Joe and, uh, and then after that, I posted. What, what what is the distributor telling you right now? I mean, Joe's a good guy. Joe's in in communication with Jersey Jack. Have they communicated that there is a fix for this problem, or has it still been pretty ambiguous what the solve is moving forward with this issue? Um. Yeah. There's there's nothing really being said. Joe's uh Joe knows about it. He's aware of it, but I am pretty sure that. Um, Nothing has come down from, you know, from the Jersey Jack side um, to him. Um, if it was, I'm sure he would have told me about it. Hey, Richard, you know, hey, don't step out. This is what's going on. They're going to do this, this and this. You know, don't step away uh, yet. He, I mean, Joe would Joe would have said that to me. Right. Um, and, he's, and he still supports my decision. And, you know, and if I went back in, you know, it's it's there for me, you know, to do it. But I think that's what we're doing is giving it time to see what is going to be be the solution for people that are being affected by this. Cause for me, it's also what if, you know, what if I get the number 12 collector's edition and then I'm playing it and two months down the road, the board starts chipping, you know, then I got a serious problem and you know, that's between Joe and I, you know, cause that's who we bought it from. We bought it from Joe. So, and I don't want that. Um, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take that chance. I'm going to take a stance that, you know, the company needs to stand behind their product uh, no different for me. If I'm doing plumbing, I got to stand behind my product, right. you know? So, um, I'm a firm believer in that. And, um, you know, it, it would kill me to, uh, you know, cause I'm very big on pinball. You know, you talked about earlier about my collection at my office, just as a passion of mine. I'm very fortunate. I can work in the plumbing field. Um, you know, yeah, we do have a successful business, but at the same time, there's only two people in my company, three people to count my dad. So we're a very small company, but if you look at my profile and you look at the business, you would think we were much bigger, but we're not. So, but one of my passions is pinball and, and have it at my office space here. I didn't want to show toilet displays. I want it to be for the 
people to come in, the kids to come in and play these games. Some of them just for the first time ever playing pinball and just to see their right. eyes light up. It just brings me pleasure doing that. So, so what, but, Richie, what would it take from Jersey Jack to get you back in on the game? You know, I, I it's hard to say that because um, I, I just think they need to do something other than something other than just give somebody, hey, here's a play field that you know you have to pay five fifty for, and you know, and that's that have to settle with that. And some of the people out there that are doing that, they're actually being forced to settle with that. That's not a solution. Uh, populated play field is a, I think that's a fair solution. If this is not as, I mean, one question is, is how widespread is this really? Um, that's, that's one question that we really don't know. I mean, I know of a lot of people that are having problems with it, but for me, if, um, I mean, one person is enough that they should get, you know, uh, get it taken care of. But, I know of about 15 to 20 um, that are having issues personally that I know. And those people need to be taken care of. And I think that's what needs to be done. Um, right. Do you want to see them I, say that they're going to extend the warranty to cover playfield issues like this? And also, Richie, just articulate or communicate that they they found the problem and they have now fixed it in all games moving forward. I think that's very um, that's one of the that's that's the first thing. And, I'm, and I would be surprised if Jersey Jack is not doing that and other companies, too, if it's affecting other companies as well. Um, you know, there's a um, I, I haven't had time to research this. I saw it just come across uh, earlier today. It's that um, that uh, Spooky was having an issue with some of the play fields and they found the problem. And they fixed it, you know. Um, so that was one suggestion was them to reach out to Charlie but I mean, yes. I mean, Jersey Jack or whichever company needs to uh, extending the uh, warranty on the playfields is great. But what's the solution when there is a problem? You know, is it just is it sending washers um, or you know a discounted price on a playfield? To me, that's not enough. That's, I don't think that's going to make the people out there in the pinball community um, happy. And at the same time, I think people are going to be nervous about buying games new in the box. I think what you're going to start seeing is with this going on, if this continues, people like me will, will wait, you know, we'll wait a year down the road and get, um, and buy someone else's game that we know there's been no issues or, you know, they're just maybe, you know, either tired of playing or they're already, you know, moving on to the next game and they want to just sell and you're going to get that at a discount for, but for me, I just, I like the new games and for it to be new, but, um, and I got a great relationship with Joe and, um, whether it be a Jersey Jack or, you know, Chicago gaming or anything, I buy directly through him. So I want to, and I, and I, and I still will, and I will keep that relationship with Joe no matter what. I mean, I could have bought directly through, you know, Jersey Jack or through, but I said, no, I'm going to stay with Joe and buy directly through him. Cause I got that relationship with him. So, right. Did you get your money back? Or is he still holding on to it just to wait and see what the, the final resolution is? No, I told Joe just to keep it. We'll use it towards another game. I mean, it's, I'm not out of the uh, the pinball uh, buying pinballs. I just I, I think something will happen. I would be really surprised. It's still kind of early enough mm-hmm. for me, at least from when I posted. Which I've been. Um, I do want to say thank you to everybody that's reached out to me and with support because a lot of people have applauded me for taking a stand on it. But I I don't think I'm the. I think other people have done it before I did it. On um, Penn side, I think other people have held off or 
Um, I, I'm in the same boat as you, but the reason I held off on Wonka is I just wasn't really happy with the way the code was going. Um, but with the collector's edition also, Richie, like when do you think you're, you're going to even see it? Because you're, they're asking people to pay up in full, uh, and I hear distributors are saying early September, but if this issue is happening and they don't have a solve yet, I imagine they're going to have to hit pause on the assembly line of the collector's editions because they can't afford to have the most expensive version go out with any issues. That's correct. That's not going to happen. I think you're going to see very few people. I mean, I love Joe to death, and uh, I I got the email about the uh, collector's edition. I said, oh, great. Okay, this is it. This is where they're going to – we're going to find out what's on it. And then it's like, oh, okay, it's the end of uh, this month in August is when we'll find out. And then, of course, <laughs> when you get the information from um, Jersey Jack when they uh, finally release it, okay, we need our we need our payment, you know. Uh, right. But that's um, this week. Do you think we're so, gonna, are we um, going to see it this week? Because yeah. that's that's this is it. End of August. I, I I don't know. I don't I don't think so. I thought I saw it by now. I thought I saw it last. I thought for sure last week. But um, yeah, it's what August twenty fourth, twenty fifth. So, yeah. got so, five days left. <laughs> so, okay. So, I think Richie, just to sort of close the topic of Jersey Jack and the playfields, I think a lot of people are in the same boat as you. I think a lot of people are going to be adopting this. Let's wait and see what happens. I want to wait to see what the resolution is. I also want to understand the manufacturer's warranties around these playfield issues because, as you articulated very nicely. A playfield swap is not an option, and having to spend $550 on something that was mailed to you defective from the manufacturer is also not an option. The only real option here, right, is that they find the problem and they fix it for the price they're charging for these games. I agree. So, so speaking of games, because I'm curious, because you have a game in your collection that there's only two in all of America, and it is... Team Pinball's The Mafia. <laughs> so talk to me about how that ended up in your collection. Um, well, Joe sends me a message that, hey, I got a pinball here for you, you know, for a set price. And uh, he, he, you know, he only had two. And um, I think they only made 10 of these games. And they were going to supposed to make more, but, you know, maybe because the game didn't take off and it wasn't that popular. So... They that's, went an, from, that's an understatement, Richie, that the game didn't take <laughs> off. But there, you have one and Joe has one, right? Correct. Joe has the other one. How is it? Is it fun? Oh, yeah. it's. I, I think it's fun. I, I, For me, if this is a game that was uh, priced at, I, can, I can't remember what the game price was. It was 7500 I think it was really highly priced for a very simple yeah. game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, was 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 Woe Nelly about that price too, or no? Um, I, you know, I, I think I think Woe Nelly was around that. I think it was around like seven thousand. Yeah, I just um, yeah, I I think it's a great game. I mean, for the price that I got it for, it was uh, I I don't think I could ever lose on it, and um, but it was a uh, it was unique. I thought it, it meant well. Okay, if I'm gonna have people coming over and you know looking at it, maybe it's not a uh you know, a popular game, but I, I think I would have some people that come over to my, uh, my pinball party that I always have the week before the Chicago, uh, expo. They'll come up and say, Oh, wow. 
You know, I think some pimp siders come up, they'll say, oh, wow, Mafia. It'd be, it's fun to play it. So I like it. I like playing it right. simple. My dad likes it. My dad likes the simple games. He's not all into the deep code and the ramps and trying to shoot this up here and this and that. So my dad likes the simple ones too. So he liked it. I thought I thought it was a fun game. Very fun game. So You've, you've got variety there. You've got Virtual Pin. You've got um, Stearns, Jersey Jacks. Uh, ever consider putting a P3 Multimorphic there? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would consider that. What? what? <laughs> All right. But like, ha- have you played it? Have you been to to shows? I mean, I'm curious because you do have a, a you know you have a wide variety. So I'm just curious as to uh, whether you have spooky games there. Um, you have Chicago Gaming Company games there, but nothing from American Pinball and nothing from P3 Multimorphic. Have you any any? Any desire uh, to put any of those games into into the mix? I mean, if um, I, I do, if it's something I have to see and like. Um, so I've been to. Um, I normally go to just the Chicago Expo, and there's a couple of shows I've been to, the Texas one, a couple times and stuff. So I try to get out to some of the other ones, um, but just nothing that's really um, that hasn't really grabbed me yet. So not yet, but right. I, I'm not going to say I wouldn't. I think it's great that there's uh, other pinball manufacturers out there doing things with, you know, different varieties and different stuff. I think it's great. And uh, to have that on my showroom floor to show the different ones from, you know, Star Wars Episode One, you know, to Chicago Gaming's, the remakes on those and the, the Adams Family Gold that I have. That's actually the original Adams Family Gold. You know, I got people that come in and see that and think, oh, wow, you know, you got an Adams Family Gold here. Right. So, and that's an older game, but. Yeah, I like I like the variety. I like the simple games. Um, yeah, it's fun. What would be your dream theme that if you could snap your fingers and and make a pinball machine out of a theme that's not currently available? What would you What would you want? Oh wow, it'd be a Richie Wrench one with a <laughs> with a toilet exploding a inside. Well, what about Super Mario Brothers? Is that, is that close enough to plumbing for you or no? <laughs> um, wow, super theme. Um, I don't know. I, I I thought when Ghostbusters came out, I thought that was a great one. That was really, I thought that was really cool. And um, I haven't really gave that one much thought. You kind of caught me off guard there with that one. But um, um, right. well, 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 I like I next... like a lot of them. I, I like the original ones. I like when they're original. Um, you know, so... dialed in was one that's you know I like the original themes. I like it when there's something that's original. And I like the original themes. So are you looking forward to Deep Root, knowing that they are going to have a, a bunch of original themes and bring a lot of John Papaduke's magic back into the pinball world? Yeah. Okay. So, you, I, Richie, I like a guy like you're a collector. I mean, you're a buyer, and you but you have him out on display for people to play. How often do you play your games? Um, when I'm not working out in the field uh, 15, 18 hours a day, I come here at night, I'll pick a game out, and I'll play it. And so I play my games about three to five times a week So okay. for myself. And then um, on the weekends, we always have the doors open, and uh, it's fun. Some people come in. Some don't. Some are kind of nervous to come in because they think they call it cost. And they look outside They look outside the door, and they see this plumbing company. They see my big plumbing sign up there, and they think, okay, what's going on here? So a guy's got pinball machines in a plumbing office. <laughs> are there any so, local leagues that use your games? Because I feel like league guys would love to have access to that kind of collection. Or you just you don't want like people beating on them. Like, what's your take on stuff like that? 
No, I don't mind that. Um, actually, when we had our first uh, when we had our first uh, grand opening, we had the kids that were coming in. They were just playing and beating on the uh, <laughs> you know on the uh, on the flippers like a crazy rabbit. My wife, man, my wife was just going. She was just like so nervous, like you know, because the games and I was like, hey, it's pinball, you know, let the kids have fun, show them, say, hey, you know, how to capture the ball, and you just take time with them, and they learn, so and they have fun. Right. Right. Um, do you think um, how long do you think this is going to last? Because we've had a pretty awesome run the last five years of all these manufacturers, all these games. I mean, as a buyer, you've you've had a plethora of stuff to choose from. Do you think this is going to keep going this way, or, or what, what are your thoughts? I think we're at the edge. I think we're at the edge. You're, you're talking, you know, nine thousand, ten thousand dollars on games, twelve thousand dollars on games. And I'm just throwing this out there, you know, uh, distributors need to, manufacturers, they, they need to be put on notice. They need to be cautious because, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of money. People are spending out on these games and the tolerance is going to be very thin when people are uh, having issues and they're going to be like, hey, that's enough. And to lose a customer little by little, you have the operators, you have the collectors like me, but, you know, I, I don't think you want to lose anybody. You know, I don't think anybody wants to. I don't think Jersey Jack or Stern or Spooky, they, they don't want to lose their customers. So you want to keep you want to you want to keep um, you want to keep in touch with that. But at the same time, it's a lot of money to invest. But at the same time, it's a lot of money to spend these too. I mean, to, to make these games. I understand that. So when I look at a game that's twelve thousand five hundred, what goes into make that game? That's a lot, a lot of labor, a lot of parts. So. Right. Um, well, with higher but prices yeah. come higher expectations. But I think you're right. I think people are, are sort of at the point now where oh, they don't really want to spend a lot more. And and unless the you know the experience and the quality and, and to your point earlier, the attention to detail has to go up as you you know raise the prices of these games because you're a car buff. I'm a car buff. And you know, there's a reason why it's not just about whether or not it's fun because almost every enthusiast car is fun you you can only really charge more when the details and the materials uh, are upgraded significantly uh, you know in those higher priced cars and the same is true with pinball I Mm -hmm. believe Um, so we'll see where it goes you know I think you're right I think a lot of people are gonna want more but you know they're asking for more money so Richie, twelve thousand five hundred. Another game just went up for sale a week or two ago, and that was the Big Lebowski's got released. Any desire to own a rare game like that, or what are your thoughts on those forty games making it making themselves back into the wild? Was that twelve thousand five hundred for that game? It was. It seems to be like that's the limit, Richie. That everyone's like, we can't charge more than that, or else people will just lose it. <laughs> Wow, I I could have sworn I have to check my emails. I could have sworn I got a message from somebody that was trying to sell one for twenty five, for no twenty five. I thought that was a uh, way out there. I mean, I could have had one of the prototypes of the Big Lebowski's, and uh, I don't know. There was something that was going on at that time, kind of scared me away from. It. They were having a lot of issues, but um, but yeah, I mean, that's a um, that's that's that was a good game, fun game. Um, to have something rare like that, I like to have in my collection. Um. Yeah, yeah, the, con- the mean, controversy being that the games are that are being sold now were bought by other buyers, and so this is like the last last ditch effort to sort of get 
Dutch pin, pinball some revenue to restart the company again. Um, do, Richie, do you think like these boutiques like Dutch and Highway Pinball, you know, we've got enough companies successfully get getting people games they pay for. Do you, do you think it's time that all these companies that just can't figure it out just sort of just go away and, and just leave pinball to the companies that can actually get it done? No, I don't think so. If you did, you wouldn't have companies like, uh, you know, Spooky Pinball that's doing a great job. But they're getting know? it done, though. I mean, my point is, it's yeah. it, those. If you if you count the amount of successful companies, you, know, you got Spooky, Chicago Gaming, Stern, Jersey Jack, you know, P3, Multimorphic, and these are just all mm-hmm. companies that they haven't they haven't taken people's money and then not sent them a game, right? But then you've right. also got the Skip Bees, we had the Highways, we had the Zidware, we had, you know, the Dutch Pinball, we had a lot of companies out there did the opposite. They took money, they took pre-order dollars, and then they never got people their games. So we're, and some of yeah. them are still hanging on. And I just, do you think there's there's room for those hanger-ons now? Or that, that, that was the question. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I think that's, I think the, uh, I think that time is, uh, come and gone i think with that i know when we were doing it with uh you know jersey jack on the first game he had a lot of people that you know believed in him you know of course with his uh you know the name too you know um you know his reputation so but um these other companies i just yeah i don't think so if you could give george gomez one piece of advice what would it be um wow i don't know um it could be anything. It could be the coin doors, whatever you want. What do you? What should George Gomez do to get you more <laughs> excited about the next turn release? Uh, the next turn release. Um, I mean, yeah. It, I I think someday somebody's going to, uh, you know, and and maybe yeah, maybe they'll put my name on it or something. <laughs> the uh, the first company that's going to actually make a a game with a power coating. Yeah, I just I just think they need to um, you know pay attention to some of the details, right. and um, um, you okay. know put the best game out there that they can. I mean, and the uh, the license themes and the original games I think would be great. So um, I like to see Stern doing a original theme would be nice, but um, we'll see if they do that. Well, they just did Black Knight to right. very questionable sales success, so. Yeah, I don't know how quickly they're going to go back into the original IP. I I think for them to do original IP stuff, they have to just make, they have to have it more of like a a boutique limited offering and not try to sell at volume because (laughs) there's just not the audience for it. People say they want original games, Richie, I know you said it too, and but then you go and make one and then people don't buy it and then you're just better off connecting to a theme that has an audience and a fan base yep i agree with that i mean i like to see i like to see if they did an original theme. they made it maybe like you said like in a low production right number i think you'll have your collectors out there they'll make that you know that game would be that much special if it's only 150 of them 200 out um right you know i mean you have to look no further than wizard of oz sold three times if not more maybe four times as many games as dialed in Mm-hmm. It's the theme, the power of the theme. Um, yep. Well, Richie, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, as I said, like 
you know, hopefully we can chat again. But I said it would just be, you know, informal and casual. We'll talk about pinball. Anything else going on in the pinball world that you, you sort of want to talk about? Um, what, what's, what else is on your mind besides this uh, Willy Wonka, you know, clear code issue? Do you ever, do you ever <laughs> right, feel like that. getting out of the hobby? Do you ever feel like one day you're going to look around and wake up and be like, oh, my God, I've got like $150,000, maybe more probably in pinball machines and maybe it's time to get out? uh no i'm actually i was actually adding it up (laughs) it's just not too long ago i think i'm pushing well over two hundred thousand already just what i got now um about two hundred fifty thousand what i got so far now but um no i just uh, no i don't see nothing um maybe when i retire down the road i'll keep a few of these just for me and uh sell the rest to those that you know that want it but um you know um no i don't i don't see nothing in the near future is going to drive me out other than what's going on right now. And, uh, I'm sure that's going to, um, I think we got to give Jersey Jack and the other companies, we've just got to give them a chance. And I think it'll come down real soon. I really do. I, I would be surprised if it's not by the end of this coming week or something. I think there's something coming. So yeah. I hope there is. There, there has to be. I, I think you're right. I think six months from now, this issue is going to be a blip in an overall very positive industry and people will probably just not not want to buy games that were made during the summer of 2019 uh but they're gonna have to solve the problem it's i was just opening up jurassic park pictures today and, and some of them are just horribly cracking right out of the box and they will they will find the problem i think it's my guess is richie that it's all coming from one vendor or or maybe it's just the type of clear coat that they've been using with the water base but they're going to have to figure it out and they will there's just no way yeah. they're going to keep letting these games crack and i guess my other thing too would be like you know with the willy wonka game you know when we when it first you know the one thing i'll say real quick here is uh you know the unveiling that was like you know really hyped up and really big and it was, it was it's a great game it plays great you know from when we were playing it that day and uh i was actually there had my my ce number 12 sign and I think on one side I always said, please powder coat my door, right. <laughs> you know, but, um, but, but at the time, I think they were just talking about how, you know, we didn't see the, uh, you saw the CE as far as the different, uh, you know, the, uh, powder coating and stuff like that, but you didn't see the play field. And there was talk about how the play field would just have some, uh, some sprinkles on it or something, but yeah, some sparkles, was, some sparkles, yeah, some sparkles or something. So I'm hoping that because we the reason why we've not seen anything is because they went back and they've maybe you know heard some of our concerns you know just like it was with hobbit you know um with the uh the play field and the uh, art so hopefully um we'll see we'll see if it's maybe they're they went back and there's some there's some nice things coming with that game and like you said they addressed the uh, play field and I can contact Joe and give him my money and I'll be in back in on number 12. And again, I, it's nothing, it's nothing against uh Jersey black person. It's not that I just, I took a stance and, and uh, I haven't even reached out to uh, Jack or anybody over there. I planned on it this week. I was going to uh, reach, make a phone call and reach out to him. But uh, I, I think there's something I'm, I just, I would be surprised if it's not, but I think there is something coming in. And uh, it'll be great. Well, it has to be special. You know, I, I, w- marketing is my trade. And the problem with Jack right now is you can't go backwards. You did so much 
awesomeness with the Pirates of the Caribbean, with the different artwork on the playfield, the awesome topper. You can't yeah, you then, can't go back. Yeah, you can't go backwards. You, you and and no, just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Can't yeah, go backwards. No. You got to make it. Gotta make that play feel different than the other ones for the collector's editions for the people to justify the cost. Absolutely. And you got to you got to make it special. You know, I was so bummed on the uh, the dialed in the topper. You know, it was something that was brought up, and I was like, I looked at the topper. And I was like, wait a minute, what are these numbers on here for? And I was like, I'm looking at these numbers, and I questioned it. It's like, wait, these are part numbers. And they forgot to take the part numbers off. No, the, that's, that's like, Pat, I don't see it on other. But that's Pat Lawler. It's, you're going to see those part numbers on the Willy Wonka topper. For some reason, Pat Lawler <laughs> thinks that every single thing needs a part number on it. Because that's how they did it in the <laughs> Bally Williams days. It looks stupid now. Don't need that now and everything. <laughs> so, I mean, so again, my point, I, I, I can live with things like that. You know, I can live with things like that. I can, okay, I can live with that. Um but the stance I'm taking on this with the uh, with the Willy Wonka, and again, I'm taking a strong stand on it, and uh, we'll see. I, I think I'll be back in. Um, you know, I, hold, I know the number twelve. Strong, out Richie. Don't go. Don't go back in. We're all going to be watching what you do. I think for a listener of the show, <laughs> nobody go back in until Richie's back in on this. But Richie, you're leading the army now of people waiting for a solution. So don't don't cave too too soon. Yeah, it's got. It's not just got to be a solution that they fix the problem. That's one. That's one. That's number one. Okay, they found the source. They fix the problem. Number two is take care of the customers that have had the problems. What are you doing? To take care of those. When those two so things would you are not met, buy it. If you saw them not do that, like if they didn't take care of the LE guys that have had issues, would you be sour on JJP and be like, you know what? That's wrong. I'm out. Yes. Okay. So I'm you out. are you are leading the charge for all of us, my friend. So people are you yeah, see it, it's, Richie? It's not, it's not that's not even a question. If they don't take care of the other LE owners, or even the pirates of the Caribbean people, if they don't take care of them, no matter what, I'm out. I love this stand, and I I agree with your stance. And I think what you're what you're saying right now is the ultimate power that consumers have. Is we all have the power to change these companies and hold them to the fire with our wallets just don't buy it and they will have to do what we demand to go back in as buyers now it's harder it's easier said than done right because people are addicted to buying these games and they just go in on everything but if richie wrench i said this if richie wrench the man who always goes in if he hits pause then that is the biggest reason for concern if i was jersey jack and they need to they need to listen to what you said on this podcast and here's the good news richie they listen to this podcast. I don't know if you know, but this is the number one pinball podcast right now. Two years running. This is, this is my first podcast. So I feel like, you know, I'm nervous. You know, just uh, this is great. You, you've definitely made me feel comfortable with it. So I appreciate that. Oh, but, you're doing uh, great. You're doing great. That's great. Okay. Well, so. I, I want to thank you for taking time on your Sunday night. I want to thank you for walking me around your amazing collection. I'm envious as can be. I have room for two machines. Um, and we will talk soon and we are going to follow what your decision is moving forward. But Richie, I appreciate you taking the time. Always great having a collector on the show. Um, so thank you for joining uh, Canada's Pinball Podcast. Well, thank you. And I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to uh, doing a follow up on this. That'd be great. Absolutely. We will do that. You, you have my word. So Richie, enjoy the rest of your Sunday night. And this will go up. Your, your first podcast will be up this week. And Get ready for some pin side people to say how much they love Canada. 
Thank you very much. All right, Richie. 